All right. Well, um, I left on June 4th, and I got there on June 5th, and this was sort of a different trip for myself just because the house had been completed. And so by God's provisions, um, um, it was um, a blessing to see um, because in my hope and in my prayer and in my small mind, I was praying that the house would be finished by 2015. And um, we started building in November, and it was finished in May. And um, so um, this trip was really we we're planning on, you know, building relationships with the neighbors, and um, we're surrounded by Muslims on every side. Um, I would say um, the most are not practicing Muslims, um, but um, that was our intentions, and of course. Uh, preparing the house for Innocent and uh, Dorothy to live in there once um, they get married. Um, that's another story. We uh, spoke about dowries and just that I'm still a little fuzzy on how that works, but um, we're hoping by December um, that they will be able to be married. Um, so we did a lot of painting. Um, the first time when we were there, we had a lot of people just walking right very very close to the house and we would greet and everything it was just different for me because of course i w you know we went out and talked and uh, we had a few a uh, couple of episodes with just um uh, minor theft and things and so you know it was just difficult trying to figure out uh, building those relationships but also protecting the house and uh, being careful uh, so um, we went over the neighbors. We took a lot of maize, corn, um, and we took the um, corn to the neighbors who sort of had taken some stuff and told them that, you know, um, we are here to help Ugandans and build up a ge uh, generation for Jesus Christ. And um, here's some water and here's some corn. And if they are ever in need uh, to please and come talk to us and we could see what we could do um so and then we had a couple other episodes so it was just different trying to build relationships and in my sort of american mind going over there and wanting everything to be just nice and perfect but um uh, it's going to take time it's going to be it's going to take time um luke was able to share the gospel with uh rashid um so he might tell you a little bit about that um we got cabinets put in. We got beds built. Um, um, you know, I was sleeping, and here comes uh, just totally different things. Big rat. And just, you know, it's just all the different things that are just different. Um, we worked with um, um, Innocent with First uh, and Second Peter, um, uh, talking about um, just our future is protected by God and just future sufferings. And it was just amazing. And then we, of course, went into um, Second Peter. Our whole goal is to teach them how to use the Bible independently and be able to share it with other people and not just sit in the church and take in whatever they hear. Because, of course, like I've told you in the past, the prosperity theology is rampant over there. And... Um, so we went through that. Uh, my mother and sister and a lady from North Carolina went through a marriage book uh, by Kay Arthur uh, with Dorothy. 
Dorothy's father, I'm going to try to short, but Dorothy's father uh, fell sick, and he came to live at the house. We invited him to come because he had to go to many diff, uh, different doctors within Kampala. And so uh, it was very against the culture for him to live in the house with his future son-in-law. So that took a lot of time for him um, to come in, but he did. We were able to build relationships with him, and he was able to see Innocent in a different light. And because we're trying to get away from the idea of Ugandan culture, but more a Christ-centered culture. So that's really what you know we're trying to uh, do there and build disciples. The young men that we are um, sponsoring at school, we got to see all of them. They're doing very well. Uh, they're struggling academically, but their school day starts at 4.30, and it ends at 10.30 in the evening with prep. So uh, they're struggling academically, but um, we're able, Innocent is going to bring them back during the holidays and work with them more intensively with that. But um, it was abundant on how God just directed us and made a way to build relationships with people that came in and out of the house. Later on, I'll tell you about um, Omar, who built the cabinets, who was um, Muslim um, by name but not practicing. And he ended up going to church with us the last day, and we've been talking to him more and more and just building those relationships. And so... Uh, Innocent and Dorothy are doing very well. Uh, they are a blessing in my life. And God has truly provided those individuals. Um, and I just thank you for your support um, and all that you have been praying for. And uh, we look forward to more people going over and seeing how God's working there. When the very first thing I thought, we got to the airport and we're looking for Chris. It was a sea of Ugandan, so we figured he'd be easy to spot. And um, I remember seeing him and then seeing Dorothy and Innocent. Just knowing what they looked like from a picture, but then getting to meet them for the first time, knowing we had prayed for them, we prayed for this house, we prayed to get here, um, that the funds were provided, and then... Um, getting to meet them. It just seemed like, for me, that it was somebody that I just hadn't seen in a really long time. So we were, I felt instantly connected to them because we'd been praying for so long for all of this. So that was a huge blessing. That all the nerves, everything was just gone. So we get there, we're having fun. Oh, by the way, I still have paint in my hair because Jessica accidentally painted my hair because <laughs> I walked underneath. <laughs> Complete accident. But this morning, it was my fault. It was my fault. I thought I could sneak under her while she was painting up, and she went. So that's just something this morning. I was like, oh, I still have some paint. Um, we went through the book God's High Calling for Women with Dorothy. There were a lot more men coming in and out of the house, boys, um, just because Innocent had been building relationships with these people. So Jessica and I spent a good amount of time with Dorothy. And um, we went through this book. And going through First Timothy and just the perfect, like, a godly woman and what that looks like. And it was definitely contrary to Ugandan culture, some of the things. So she had tons of questions she didn't understand. She was confused. Um, she 
definitely persevered and thought a lot about it a lot for days and days. So that's definitely a need we can pray for um, regarding the women as we move forward and other groups possibly going later, meeting girls and building those up also, um, combating that culture of women and leadership and roles of women in that culture. Yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for praying. It was it was really cool, and I still don't think that we've really processed everything that we saw there and um, just everything we were a part of, which is really cool. It was really neat finally to meet all the men that Chris has been talking about. It's just like a whole different way that we can pray for them, and I really hope that you all get that chance as well to see another better. Hopefully we can explain like personal things about them that we can be praying for them. Um, it was really neat. Um Apart from doing the study with Dorothy, I was able to go through one of the study Bibles with her that I, I think y'all know. I got 16 Bibles um, from Charlotte. So we gave out like six or so, I think, mostly to the guys, but I gave one to Dorothy, and we went through how to study the Bible um, one day pretty briefly. I was hoping to do more, but um, our time was limited. And then I was able to go through how to share the gospel with her with Scripture, um, and that was really neat. And she's just a huge encouragement in general. Um, they don't have anything, but are just so thankful all the time. Um, just like they, they value life so much more than we do, I feel like, at times. Um, so it was really neat just to meet them and to spend time with them. The boys are awesome. Like you can totally see with Chris and Innocent how it's just God just totally directs them to men, and they totally agree every time on if we should invest in this guy, if he should be in the house, and if he shouldn't. Um, and so that was really cool to see as well. Um, about Dorothy, but she was really awesome. And, um, hopefully they might get to come next summer. So, um, is that okay if I say that? Okay. <laughs> We're just praying that God, uh, definitely God is sovereign. I'm very uh, thankful um, that uh, that the Lord gave me the opportunity to go to Uganda. Um, I'm very uh, encouraged by my roommates because um, I didn't think I was going to be able to go because um, I wasn't very proactive in raising the funds that I needed to get the plane ticket. And um, I uh, just told my roommates one night, and um, 
they were uh, just very, um, very gracious and very kind and very generous. They wrote out a check and gave me the rest of the money I needed to get the ticket. Um, so I'm um, very thankful and very blessed to be a part of a church of people just filled with the Spirit and are very generous and are very kind. Um, it's very thankful for the opportunity to be able to go. Um, probably um, one of my favorite things about the trip was just the relationships that the Lord allowed me to build. Um, the men and the women were uh, just extremely encouraging to me. Um, just seeing their reverence and fear before the Lord was something I had, um, just hadn't witnessed before. Um, they were um, just really encouraging to me. Uh, they would pray with me often. Um, Innocent was a huge encouragement to me. Um, I was able to share things I was wrestling with. He was able to share things with me. And we were just able to uh, get together and get along with the Lord and, and pray together and read the scriptures together. Um, it was really a, um, definitely a life-changing trip. Um, and uh, it was just, um, I think like Jessica said, we're still kind of in the process of trying to um, process everything that happened. And um, it was it was just a really good trip. And um, like Jessica said, just seeing people who don't really have a whole lot, yet there was such gratefulness and there's such um, thankfulness and um, so much gratitude. Um, and just seeing them trust in the Lord um, was really remarkable. One more thing. Um, just with the provision of uh, the time in 2000, um, we're finished with the house, and Innocent had 10 siblings. Four have died um, uh, in their 30s and 20s. And it's been very nice because, of course, they leave behind kids. And um, so we're bringing three kids into the house and be able um, in December. Um, we're going to bring them in and then get their school fees taken care of. And so Innocent's going to be taking on those orphans. Um, so that's very encouraging because there was a purpose that the house was finished ahead of time. And so, and then we met, I told you about the four construction workers. Uh, we met two of them. One was uh, greatly affected by the Lord's resistant army, uh, Joseph Coney up north. And so he had an incredible testimony and just... Um, just um, studying his uh, studying the word with him, and hopefully just continue to pray for um, all the guys, and that um, God would be uh, continue to be faithful to the ministry. Thanks. You remember that Innocent is the the guy that Chris hopes to eventually turn his ministry over to. Uh, Dorothy is um, the the girl that he plans to marry. I think Chris is planning on hopefully getting back there maybe this December for their wedding. Um, Chris is not planning to go back next summer. Um, that's why he talked about Innocent and Dorothy possibly coming here. His plan is to move there, I'm guessing still, uh, a, a year from this December, January-ish. Um, so another year and a half before he moves there uh, for the time that he's going to be there. So for the next three, five years, whatever it ends up being. Um, so we're going to be working with Chris over the next year and a half about how our church is going to stay involved with what he's doing, specifically how we can help him over the next year and a half get ready for his big move to Uganda. And so we're excited about the work going on uh, in that aspect of the world uh, through our connections. Um, Lauren, Jessica, and AJ and I had the chance to go spend time with our external elders over the last couple of days. Um, they are doing well. Uh, they're coming to the end of their summer. They've got three weeks left. Um, Snowbird and Red Oak Church, which is the church that they're a part of, 
Um, they have begun involvement in India and um, have asked our church to pray about how we can be involved in that. They are working with unreached people groups in India. Um, specifically, they have made connections. I, I don't know all the detail. They have made connections with the uh, Indian government uh, because of their experience with uh, whitewater, swift water rescue. Um, whitewater rafting is big in the regions that they're working with right now. Um, unfortunately, most of the river guides come from Nepal because they have the training and are equipped to handle uh, the business aspect of that. And so the Indian government is, is paying to bring in Snowbird staff to train uh, local people there in India uh, in swift water rescue and extreme outdoor activities um, to help their industry, to help their business. And Snowbird, so Snowbird on the dime of the government, and in a place where it's illegal to come in there as a missionary, on the dime of their government are being brought in to do this and in the process are, are, are sharing the gospel and seeking to build a church planting movement in the process. Now, one of the, the hang-ups is that when people become believers, it becomes very difficult to hang on to a job uh, because of the uh, the Buddhist influence and the Muslim influence and the other religions there. Uh, the oppression towards Christianity is great. And so uh, when people surrender to Christ, uh, it's very hard to maintain a job. And so the other aspect of what they're doing is uh, tilapia farming and trout farming is a a big deal over there as far as how they generate food. Uh, it just so happens that... Uh, the biggest um, trout farming um, business in the southeast, the owner of that business is on the board of directors at Snowbird. And so they are in the process of sending people over to train these individuals how to start their own tilapia farms, how to start their own trout farms based on whether they're in the high country or the low country, uh, to develop business for these individuals to have a way to support their families once they come to Christ. And so a lot of cool stuff going on with Snowbird. Um, we're praying about how we can be involved in that and help support some of that. Um, and then we're privileged today to have the Stapleton family to share with us uh, things going on in Vanuatu, the, the ministry that they've had, um, and, and we're excited to hear from them. So I'm going to ask Eric to come and to, to give us an update on the involvement that his family's had there. Uh, good morning. Happy to be here. Thanks for the chance, uh, Tyson, for inviting us. I found this map on the back here is very, very effective and very effective in keeping the world uh, constantly before the members of the church while they're here. When I was here, I thought, boy, that's going to be easy now. I don't have to explain to people where Vanuatu is. But I looked here and I saw, well, actually, the whole Pacific is kind of not on the map. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't even put Hawaii over here, but that's all right. Because it, it really is designed to be right here. But if you want to know where Vanuatu is, you'd come over here to Papua New Guinea. And I know this isn't to scale. Uh, but down south of, of Papua New Guinea, you'd get to the Solomon Islands. And that's where the Americans were during World War II at Guadalcanal. Still on? You had to support the Guadalcanal campaign. They also they came and had a large presence on another island chain. So you had the Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, down below it, formerly known as the New Hebrides. Today it's called Vanuatu. And down below Vanuatu, you have New Caledonia. And then uh, east of Vanuatu, you have Fiji. And then Micronesia, Samoa, and all these other islands. Then you come around and swing around to us. So my family's been in Vanuatu the last 13, well, we left in 2001, so it's about 12 years. Vanuatu is distinguished in having 
the most languages per capita than anywhere in the world. So we've been working on a small island named Tana. It's about 10 miles wide and 22 miles long. On the island of Tana, there are seven languages spoken. And we went moved to a small village called Yenmare. About 120 different people, uh, people live in that village. And we moved in there with my children back there are still in diapers. We have four kids. Um, we learned the vernacular language and started translation work in the New Testament, working with seven mother tongue speakers and translated the Nefe New Testament. Uh, Nefe is the name of their language. And so this here, I'm happy to to show that this is really uh, the Nefe New Testament. It's all in print, and it's been typeset and is now being sent to Korea to be printed. So we're excited about that. This is an exciting phase in our um, our lives, a big transition point also. I just wanted to read a little bit to you here out of Romans chapter 8. Uh, since the church doesn't allow speaking in tongues without an interpreter, I'll say, <laughs> But now, the people who have become one with Christ, there is no more retribution that God will give to them for their bad doings. Because all the time the Holy Spirit gives them life. They receive it. It comes from Jesus Christ. So this has been a, a labor of love. Uh, us working with the people of South Tana. We're excited for a dedication that we have scheduled next um, June. If the Lord's willing, my wife and I will return back. Kind of expensive for the whole family to go back for only a couple weeks for the dedication process. One of the other things, in Vanuatu, has a very low literacy rate. So even though we've translated and Michelle has worked in local school for the last many years, teaching the young people how to read and to write their language, there still remains a lot of people who aren't able to, to read their language and a lot of older people who wouldn't uh, make the effort to learn it. So we have these small... S- s- there you go. These small units are called mega voice, and uh, we're seeking to get about a thousand of these. We have 1,750 Bibles that are going to be printed, and we hope to distribute them with another 1,000 small mega voices. Mega voices are solar powered, so they don't have to. Uh, interestingly, well, it's not interesting enough, but in Vanuatu, in Antana, uh, the the minimum wage is about uh, uh, equal to about a dollar fifty, so spending the money on on even batteries regularly to keep these things running would be very expensive, an expense that people wouldn't be able to to swing in their on their limited budgets. So these are solar powered units, and so they don't have to worry about uh, using the money on batteries. And we're going to have the complete New Testament on these, and these are the favorites. People love these. So people who would not read the Bible. Uh, custom people who are very happy with their animistic worldview, who really have no interest in the church, they will get one of these and they'll listen to these uh, day and night. I have an old man in the village, his name is uh, Chief Ross Kahu. He really is not a church-going person, but when I gave him one of these with the Gospel of Luke, Mark, Acts, and James on it, um, he was so delighted. He told me that this is what he listens to uh, when he goes to bed at night. It's kind of his company at night, and he wanted me to give him a new one when the old one broke. And I told him, you wait, next year, next June, if the Lord's willing, we'll come back and we'll give you the complete New Testament on it. So we're excited about what these, what the Lord will do with these in the future. So we're here this morning uh, because Tyson and Adam 
And back at Mount Gilead, also, Mount Gilead is one of our supporting churches, and they've been, we were married at Mount Gilead, my wife and I, years ago, and they have been a part of this ministry all the way through, and so we're here just to to tell Tyson and to bring to your congregation, those of you who aren't familiar with us, to say to Tyson and for those of you who have prayed for us for the many years that we've been there, to tell you thank you for your partnership in the gospel. We've seen lives changed through exposure to the scriptures, through the whole process, especially our translators, working with seven of them. Several have come to Christ through the whole process. They were churchgoers before, but through the process they came to really understand the gospel and God changed their lives, and uh, they're excited. I was reminded of one particular opportunity I was recording for this mega voice, and one of our translators named Jimmy. Now, he's been reading, or he's been working on this text every several times a week with me, all day long, and as we were recording the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, he would just sit there as, he, as we read it together, and he would just shake his head like that. And I say, "What is it, Jimmy?" He says, "Oh, Eric." And he'd just say, "I can't really. I'll just translate." He'd just say, I, "I think that when this book comes out, many people are going to come to know God." So the expectation is high there as well for what God is going to do through the translated scriptures. So thank you to Tyson, to Adam, for the opportunity, and for each of you who've prayed for us and who've given to see this ministry possible. So we're thankful, and uh, we really just give the credit to God as well for his strength and his enabling and making it possible. Thanks. We're going to be going up to Wheaton, where we have some furlough homes. Officially, this project doesn't finish until the dedication next year. And so we have about three months of full-time editing that we're going to be working on on these, getting the, the Nephi New Testament edited for this. So I think this furlough time um, after that, and we're really just focusing on finishing up the project well. So after this year, we're not sure what doors the Lord's going to open up. I'm seeking getting ordained to the Evangelical Free Church of America and also um, looking for other areas of work as well in the Seed Company, which is an organization related to Wycliffe and maybe doing consultant work uh, as a translation consultant in India and other parts of the world. Yes? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, I said uh, Vanuatu has the more langu- most languages per capita than anywhere in the world. There's about 220,000 people, 225,000, and 110 different languages. So the vernacular languages are quite small. So on Tana Island, there's 30,000 people and seven languages, and we worked in the language in the southeast. About 3,500 spe- people speak Nefe. So we, we print Bibles for about half, half of those. Any other questions? Oh, yeah, we're uh, we are raising funds for these mega voices to get the a uh, thousand of them. They're about thirty-five dollars each. And um, if you're interested in giving, if the Lord you know puts on your hearts to give towards one of these, or uh, as a church or as an individual, we have little small bookmarks back here with with the information on the back. The giving would be done online, not directly to us. Thank you.